Hello and welcome to the Lazy Book Club podcast, the book club for those who don't want to read or leave the house. My name is Matt Gonzalez. Oh, it's David Cox. Did it I didn't. I didn't need that one. Uh, I'm Josh. I'm Josh Matheson, and that was too loud. Just a little <laughs> bit. Just, just a, just pink. Just a little bit. Uh, mostly because I'm be like half asleep on the train in the way. They will. Yeah. Uh, on their commute, they'd be like, you know, just do Why are you screaming at me? Yeah. Well, I don't have any time to prepare for the. the <laughs> and it's become such a thing that if I didn't, if I just go, oh, I'm David Cox, people could be like, maybe they wouldn't care. I just thought <laughs> I was thing. Uh, I mean. Mostly, I was just jealous there because because I feel like uh, uh, my voice isn't nearly capable of that much energy at this. Mm. At this Maybe I needed to double ch- double check that it's all there. All yeah, your parts just, are working, as they say. All your parts. All your parts. <laughs> you don't need all your but, parts to do. But it's honestly, it is cough. I teach um, on a, on a Friday. I teach like four <clears throat> and five year olds, and obviously all of their songs are in a certain key, which is a nightmare for me because I either have to sing it like down here. Mm. Um, like last last term, they did. Dance Monkey by Tones and I, and I'm like, do I do it down? But I have to go. I say, oh my god! I literally have to teach like that. And like, luckily they're not old enough. But when I do it for like older kids, and I have to do like the full set, they just find it hilarious. Yeah, I'm just like Frankie Valley doing like any song. So <laughs> yesterday I went and saw my nephew, and he has a book which plays the wheels on the bus go round and round. Oh yeah, and I realised the gender bias in the book. Because the song is in a key for it's easier for women to sing. Yeah, because kids. And it's obviously because right. they're expecting mums to do the reading with the kid, not the dad. So I'm like, I can't pitch <laughs> it. <laughs> it's too low, well, it's I'm, too high. I'm, I, I do most, I do a lot of the music for our umbrella shows and obviously sometimes I'm writing for the female character. The amount of times I've written it, Rachel's gone like, that's not in a good key. I'm mm. like, oh, mm. oh okay. Well, Sorry about that. Me singing it. But so, it was just a gender <laughs> bias like thing because, you know, people always talk about how, you know, a lot of the world is designed for an able-bodied man. And yeah, if you are yeah. not an able-bodied man, it's quite tough. It's like, I found one thing. <laughs> That yeah. wasn't designed for And that's because they want Parliament Square this afternoon. <laughs> sings the, the oh, gender equality of books are singing along. And the only yeah. reason you found that is because the world wants women to stay at home. Yes. I'm like, I want more inclusive. I'm going to go on a little protest. More inclusive keys in books. More inclusive keys in books. <laughs> Isn't it just a more kid friendly key, though? Isn't it's, that- a, it's a niche <laughs> protest. Yeah, it's very much a niche protest. Well, I mean, he's one, so he doesn't know the words. And yeah. doesn't sing it, so I don't know. So a good key would be wasted. On yeah, it. exactly. It would be. So you might as well yeah. make it for me. Yes, I'm like they need different buttons. It needs like mummy key, daddy key, yeah. non-binary the key, wheels, <laughs> the wheels, child key. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> modulate between verses yeah. so that everyone gets a verse. Exactly. Wheels on the bus go round and round. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. Anyway, we are completely off topic. We're here to talk about Treasure Island. Yeah, it's the penultimate chapter. Penultimate. Yeah, well done for sticking with this book, everybody. It's been a long year. It's been a it's been a long slog on this one. Mm. Uh, When we picked it, I didn't really 
account for the amount of chapters if I'm on it. Do you know what it was? It's because the only other book we've done with this many chapters was Pinocchio, and they were all so tiny. We did yeah. two in every episode, and yeah. they didn't feel that long at all. Yeah. And that's the thing. I didn't. I didn't process that. I went, "Oh yeah, it's fine. Pinocchio is about the same length." Not realizing these chapters are a lot longer, and so doing two we of get them slightly back better at choosing every time. But you know, we want to do, like you could. You can't not do treasure if you're a book club doing books that are in copyright. Yeah, you sort of have to do it. Yeah, it's Third true. One. Wait, oh my god! I've, yeah, it's, it's like the Wheel of Fortune. Me scrolling my podcast. Oh, you're looking at Alice. <laughs> Alice was like twelve chapters. No, no, Alice, the, the old sea dog at the Admiral Bembo, first of February. Oh, wow. first of February. It's October. <whistles> How about that? Mm. Yeah. Let's you spend your 2022. Well. Yeah, exactly. Waiting for a podcast to come out. As the people kept dropping the ball. All our Google searches for like the next couple of months where we decide to choose is like short novel with lots yeah. of characters. <laughs> mildly exactly. mildly amusing. You're like, oh we found it. Oh it's exactly that. So we... serious. <laughs> Super serial. Um so we are looking this week at chapter thirty-three, which is the fall of a chieftain. Last week we had quite a dramatic end to the chapter as the pirates got all the way to the big tall tree where the treasure was meant to be and found a big hole covered in grass and planks of wood with Flint's ship's name burnt on the side and they were all empty and the treasure was gone. Wow. So the pirates have gone all the way there and the treasure's already been taken and they've got no idea where it's gone or who took it or when they took it. And so we're kind of assuming that this is going to put John in a bit of an untenable situation as the person in charge of the pirates. He's already been served the black spot once. And this is surely going to be the final straw for the Buccaneers in terms of leaving him in charge because he clearly is incompetent. Um, and the last thing obviously to mention as well is we had a little bit of a, a re-emergence of Ben Gunn singing Skylarking from the treetops at the pirates right. and trying to spook them. Now, the pirates actually recognise the voice because a lot of them served with Ben on the walrus. Mm. So they've worked out that it is Ben's voice, but they're not sure whether it's a spirit or him alive because they're like, well, he can't be alive because why would he be here and be alive? We must be imagining it or he must be haunting or whatever. Because so, as far as I know, Flint killed all of his crew. Didn't yes. He? So, well, he killed all of the men that he took with him to bury the treasure. Ah, uh, yeah. Obviously, if he killed all of their crew, then Silver and Dick and all that would be dead too because they were crew, oh, but they must have been left on the ship. Crew. Yeah. yeah, they must have been left on the ship. So they obviously don't realise that Ben went back to the island with another crew looking for the treasure. Yeah. After the walrus. Because obviously they don't know. They'll be like, why is Ben Gunn here? How would he be here? He came home with us. So it can't be him. So that's where we're up to at the moment. So I have a feeling we're going to hopefully see a bit more like backstabbing, like literal and figurative Ooh, um, in this next section. Oh, let's um, show the chapter title illustration. Fall of a Chieftain. Um, that seems to be John, because obviously you always just know because he's got one leg. Um, and a, is and that Ben Gunn? It looks a bit gunny, doesn't it? Yeah, because his, his yeah. clothes are a bit too ragged to be the pirate mm. except he looks like and he's he, got like and his hair's very had that sort of hair he does his his fingers are very long and he's pointed. got like proper like 
farmer's fork hands. They look like rakes. They do look like rakes. They're huge. But also, but Long John Silver doesn't look as sophisticated. He looks like someone you'd see in the corner of a pub at 11 o'clock. Yeah, he's looking a bit ragged. He's got like emo busted hair, hasn't he? He's got a bit of a fringe going yeah. here now. And he's, he's also got, got like... a bit of a a bit of a ugly mug as well. Yeah. For one of a better word. I mean, maybe the illustrator is trying to show his descent into madness or frustration as, as his whole world collapses around him and his dreams he looks like, become scuppered. He looks like he's called Darren in that illustration. <laughs> yeah. That is so true. He does look like a Darren. <laughs> Long John, Long Darren Silver. Long Darren. Isn't it really funny how like names do have certain looks about them? You're like, yeah, no, I oh, can see that. Mm. Or when someone goes, oh, his name's such and such. You're like, no, I don't, I don't no, see it. It's not I don't, no, it's not. It doesn't, it doesn't suit him at all. Yeah. So funny. Anyway, should we dive in? Let's. Here we go. Oh yeah. Chapter thirty-three: The Fall of a Chieftain. There never was such an overturn in this world. Each of these six men was as though he had been struck. But with Silver, the blow passed almost instantly. Every thought of his soul had been set full stretch, like a racer on that money. Well, he was brought up in a single second, dead. And he kept his head, found his temper, and changed his plan, before the others had had time to realise the disappointment. Do you know what? Give him his due. He knows how to pivot. He does. Hey, he man, really he rolls, knows how. He just he rolls with the punches. Yeah, and it's like you can. That's how you can see he's quick-witted, not necessarily in his the poetic way that he talks, but the fact that while everyone else is still reeling and still trying to process what's happened, he's already he's already moved on to the next thing. Next thing. Next thing. A good chess player. It makes you I think that be. if he actually applied himself in like a legitimate legal way, he could probably be really successful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But he's like so focused on being bad. It's just like wasted potential. What you're saying here is that John could have been anything that he wanted to be. (laughs) (laughs) And he chose to be a bad guy. (laughs) Uh, yes, that's, that's it. The fat we take be- 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 <laughs> He's a very best at being. <laughs> that's <clears> the <throat> only thing that would make this book better is a um. What Cat are their number. guns called? No, no, they had the little guns that, that fire out of custard pie stuff. Oh yeah, the uh, splurge. Oh yeah, that would be fun. Just like and if oh, we better settle this battle. <laughs> <laughs> and the and the little cars that where they pick it up and run with it. So uh, and the little pedal ones, yeah. Oh, that's such a good film. Such a good film. Jim, he whispered, take that and stand by for trouble. And he passed me a double barreled pistol. Ooh. At the same time he began quietly moving northward, and in a few steps he had put the hollow between us two and the other five. Then he looked at me and nodded, as much as to say, here is a narrow corner, as indeed I thought it was. His looks were not quite friendly, and I was so revolted at these constant changes that I could not forbear whispering, so you've changed sides again. (laughs) There was no time left for him to answer in, 
the buccaneers, with oaths and cries, began to leap one after another into the pit and to dig with their fingers, throwing the boards aside <laughs> as they did so. They literally turned got themselves check, into rats in a barrel. Yeah. They, that's a, just like, oh, the tide has changed. The, the, the status quo has been interrupted. Let me put myself in the most detrimental position <laughs> to defend <laughs> myself. <laughs> like, idiots. They've literally made it so easy. Now all they do is just go bang, 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 and you're done. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Morgan found a piece of gold. He held it up with a perfect spout of oaths. It was a two-guinea piece, and it went from hand to hand among them for a quarter of a minute. Two guineas! roared Mary, shaking it at silver. That's your seven hundred thousand pounds, is it? You're the man for bargains, aren't you? You're him that never bungled no- nothing. A-, a-, a wooden-headed lubber. Dig away, boys, said Silver, with the coolest insolence. You'll find some pignuts, I shouldn't wonder. Pignuts, repeated Mary in a scream. Mates, do you hear that? I tell you now, that man there knew it all along. Look in the face of him and you'll see it wrote there. Ah, oh, Mary remarked Silver, standing for Captain again. You're a pushing lad, to be sure. By this time, everyone was entirely in Mary's favour. They began to scramble out of the excavation, darting furious glances behind them. One thing I observed, which looked well for us, they all got out upon the opposite side from Silver. Well, there we stood, two on one side, five on the other, the pit between us, and nobody screwed up high enough to offer the first blow. Silver never moved. He watched them, very upright on his crutch, and looked as cool as ever I saw him. He was brave, and no mistake. At last, Mary seemed to think a speech might help matters. Mates, says he. Mates, says he. There's two of them alone there. One's the old cripple that bought us all here and blundered us down to this. The other's that cub that I mean to have the heart of. Now, mates. He was raising his arm and his voice and plainly meant to lead a charge. But just then, crack, crack, crack. Three musket shots flashed out of the thicket. Mary tumbled head foremost into the excavation. The man with the bandage spun round like a teetotum and fell all his length upon the side, where he lay dead, but still twitching, and the other three turned and ran for it with all their might. Oh, little illustration here yeah. to show us. Get it oh, it's a big it hole. Is, yeah. That's a much bigger yeah. hole than I thought. I was thinking like a little... I thought it was going to be deeper than that, though. Yeah, like no, I was expecting it to be deeper, but kind of more boxy. It literally looks like a moat, like a moat that's dried out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 700, that's definitely not in a chest, is it? 700,000 pounds mm. is a lot of coins. Mm-hmm. You're going to need a lot like, of space, yeah. Even if each coin was worth seven, like a pound. Yeah. That's, I don't know. Again, we need to visualise it, don't we? I want to see what mm. does 700... <laughs> <laughs> it's probably more, okay. It's probably more, but let's for the purpose of. Well, I once, I once saw um, 
a theatre show in Edinburgh one year um, that it, it, it was somewhat of a gimmick. It was kind of like a game show, theatre show. But um, as part of the show, they had £10,000 in £1 coins that were like used in the show. Um, oh, yeah. And they got and they got the audience involved and they had to like, it was like a game show. So like, there'd be ones where you had to like literally scoop up handfuls of pounds as an audience member and like move them to other parts of the stage. Um, and they had to literally had to have a security guard from the bank there for every show in case anyone tried to steal any. But actually yeah. seeing 10,000 pounds in coins was, was quite, quite something. Oh, okay. So it must weigh a ton. Yeah. Like there's only like six of them. There's no way they'd be able to carry that all back to the ship. And they've not no, brought like a wagon in. with them. It would take no, them like days true. to go back and forth, wouldn't they? Um, but what? Is, yeah, what do you think to, it does? Look, what does it look like? To me, so there's. I've got a picture. I don't know if I can share mine. Like, there's there's a picture of a million pennies, and it looks to me the size of a very large fridge freezer standing. But oh. then there's another one. There's three blokes sitting down, and there's probably what approximates like this is a million pound coins. It looks like there's about six three foot square boxes like just surrounding them so wow. yeah it would have to it would have to be a very large trench mm. but let's say it's like three baths worth three yeah. baths that's a good direct yeah. of measurement wow i yeah. do love how the uh illustrator just written walrus down the down the bottom just oh, yeah. imagine if you bring you bring three baths worth of coins and they're like sorry you only a take card yeah <laughs> what <laughs> Or you go down to Nat West, you're like, hi, I'd like to put some money in my bank. All right, okay. Yeah, I have a feeling you'd be raising some questions. They'd be blatantly be going, hmm, so where did this money come from? What kind of cash-based business do you own? Pressing you'd a be button like, underneath. Oh, uh, I, uh, I own vending machines or something like that. You know I, I, mean? I work like, in the fruit machine business. Yeah, these are all the pound coins yeah. from the laundrette. Yeah. <laughs> £700,000 worth. That's a lot of laundry. Yeah, it definitely sounds a bit um, Breaking Bad, doesn't it? Turning up with that much. Reminds cash. me when you when you win you win big at the games arcade with the two penny machine. Yes, it you does. Go, you get you around with the pint cup and you think yeah, yeah. Dogs, dogs. I'm on top of the world. It's minted, yeah. and it's like two pounds. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, what can I get? Oh, nothing. Or when, or, when, or when the machines also spit out tickets and you collect like what feels like a million tickets. <gasps> yeah, we did, Matt, we did, that we did that one Mawam with it. We, we did that worked together as a whole cast. We point, mm-hmm. we pulled together because Blackpool actually to tour to is, in my opinion, thoroughly unpleasant because there's no like normal shops. All the food okay. is like takeaway, and it's just I there's not it. a vegetable in sight. Everything's oh. deep fried. Lovely. The only th- the the only thing to do we were like oh, I should go to the amusement arcade and there was this like deal or no deal game because we worked out it was the most profitable and we all clubbed together across the entire week like six or seven people hundred thousand tickets and we got a remote control car yeah wow Which, okay. was it worth it <laughs> we played it was for like it once it? yeah I don't think I don't think it lasted very long I think it broke <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah not my favorite week yeah hmm. no I I actually quite enjoyed Blackpool but because the Pleasure Beach was fun. My highlight was me and Stephen sitting next to the laughing man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because at first you're just like, this is so stupid. What is this? It's really annoying. And then you start chuckling. And then we were just crying yeah. with laughter. Yeah. Thing. And it's just part. like, why are we laughing? There's just this mannequin in a box. Like, just laughing. There's this audio track of it laughing constantly. And you just can't help it. 
Because we were sitting there for a good 10 minutes and by the end of it, we were literally crying and everyone's looking at us like, why are you laughing so much? And we're like, oh, no, we I can't. We don't know. We, do. we honestly don't at, know. You need to look it up. Uh, just, just You can look it up on YouTube. I think I've, I've, looked, I've looked it up as a reference before. Uh, it's on there. And people will just, people look it up now. Yeah. Well, so it's in the podcast, they'll just go, uh-huh. Yeah. It's like, I guess it's like an old fairground thing. And they're like, it oh, is, part of the yeah. tradition. And as, as I say, it just, it, it, at first you're just like, oh my God, that's just annoying. Can you just turn it off? And then by the end, you are laughing yeah. your head off and you don't know why. It's actually quite an interesting psychology experiment. You know what I mean? In terms of like yeah. just sitting Maybe next that's to someone ben laughing Gunn. their heads off makes you laugh. That's what Ben Gunn does, did to pass the time. He was just like having... Laughing. They do have... Well, laughter therapy is a thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's it true. is. Yeah. It's very yeah. good for you. Because yeah. I like being straight-faced. I like being very serious when I tell my jokes, but just absolutely howling with laughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before you could wink, Long John had fired two barrels of the pistol into the struggling Merry, and as the man rolled up his eyes at him in the last agony... George, said he, I reckon I settled you. At the same moment, the Doctor, Grey and Ben Gunn joined us with smoking muskets from among the nutmeg trees. Forward, cried the Doctor. Double quick, my lads. You must head them off the boats. And we set off at a great pace, sometimes plunging through the bushes to the chest. I tell you, but Silver was anxious to keep up with us. The work that man went through, leaping on his crutch till the muscles of his chest were fit to burst, was work no sound man ever equalled, and so thinks the doctor. As it was, he was already thirty yards behind us and on the verge of strangling when we reached the brow of the slope. Doctor! he hailed. See there, no hurry! Sure enough, there was no hurry. In a more open part of the plateau, we could see the three survivors still running in the same direction as they had started, right for Mizzenmast Hill. We were already between them and the boats, and so we four sat down to breathe, while Long John, mopping his face, came slowly up with us. "'Thank you kindly, Doctor,' says he. "'You came in in about the nick, I guess, for me and Hawkins. And so it's you, Ben Gunn,' he added. Well, you're a nice one, to be sure. I'm Ben Gunn, I am, (laughs) replied. (laughs) I hate it. Um, Mostly I hate it because I'm not any good at it. Okay. Replied the maroon, wriggling like an eel in his embarrassment. And, he added, after a long pause, How do, Mr. Silver? Pretty well, I thank you, says you. Ben, Ben, murmured Silver. To think as you've done me. The doctor sent back Grey for one of the pickaxes deserted in their flight by the mutineers, and then, as we proceeded leisurely downhill to where the boats were lying, related in a few words what had taken place. It was a story that profoundly interested Silver, and Ben Gunn, the half-idiot maroon, was the hero from beginning to end. Ben, in his long, lonely wanderings about the island, had found the skeleton. It was he that had rifled it. He had found the treasure. He had dug it up. It was the haft of his pickaxe that lay broken in the excavation. He had carried it on his back in many weary journeys, from the foot of the tall pine to a cave he had on the two-pointed hill, 
at the northeast angle of the island, and there it had lain stored in safety since two months before the arrival of the Hispaniola. When the doctor had wormed this secret from him on the afternoon of the attack, and when the next morning he saw the anchorage deserted, he had gone to Silver, given him the chart, which was now useless, given him the stores, for Ben Gunn's cave was well supplied with goat's meat salted by himself, given anything and everything to get a chance of moving in safety from the stockade to the two-pointed hill, there to be clear of malaria and keep a guard upon the money. Mm. So there you go. That explains why they left the stockade and just gave everything to to Long Jong. So, like, he doesn't know that we already have everything that we want. And, it's, and it seemed like the stockade was just disease-ridden. Well, Whereas, I think it's also it was it was going to end up being their tomb because they couldn't oh, yeah. leave, yeah, and yeah. they were like, "Well, the stores are going to run out. the The thing that we're after is is now here, you know, on this hill. They don't know, so it's like it makes makes sense. Give them everything they think they want. Yeah, let them go on on a wild goose chase, and we sit on a hill with all the money and food and no malaria, and go, yeah, great." Yeah. Wait for the ship to come. As for you, Jim, he said, it went against my heart, but I did what I thought best for those who had stood by their duty. And if you were not one of these, whose fault was it? That morning, finding that I was to be involved in the horrid disappointment he had prepared for the mutineers, he had run all the way to the cave, and leaving the squire to guard the captain, had taken Grey and the maroon and started, making the diagonal across the island, to be at hand beside the pine. Soon, however, he saw that our party had the start of him, and Ben Gunn, being fleet of foot, had been dispatched in front to do his best alone. Then, it had occurred to him to work upon the superstitions of his former shipmates, and he was so far successful that Grey and the Doctor had come up and were already ambushed before the arrival of the treasure hunters. Ah, so, so they literally sent right. ben, ben Gunn ahead just to slow them down. Sure, sure, sure. It's very Perfect clever. Perfect yeah. yeah. Ah, said Silver, it were fortunate for me that I had Hawkins here. You would have let old John be cut to bits and never given it a thought, Doctor. Not a thought, replied <laughs> Dr. Livby cheerily. And by this time we had reached the gigs. The Doctor with the pickaxe demolished one of them, and then we all got aboard the other and set out to go round by sea for North Inlet. This was a run of eight or nine miles. Silver, though he was almost killed already with fatigue, was set to an oar like the rest of us, and we were soon skimming swiftly over the smooth sea. Soon we passed out of the straits and doubled the southeast corner of the island, round which, four days ago, we had towed the Hispaniola. As we passed the two-pointed hill, we could see the black mouth of Ben Gunn's cave, and a figure standing by it, leaning on a musket. It was the squire, and we waved a handkerchief and gave him three cheers, in which the voice of Silver joined as heartily as any. Three miles farther, just I love inside... That he's, I love that he's just trying to pretend to be part of the crew. Oh, he's like, yeah, like, and, if, and if I just cheer, yeah, yeah, if I, yeah, yeah, I'm glad we beat those pirates. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't one of them. <laughs> yeah. 
Three miles farther, just inside the mouth of North Inlet, what should we meet but the Hispaniola? The last flood had lifted her, and had there been much wind or a strong tide current, as in the South Anchorage, we should never have found her more, or found her stranded beyond help. As it was, there was little amiss beyond the wreck of the mainsail. Another anchor was got ready and dropped in a fathom and a half of water. We all pulled round again to Rum Cove, the nearest point for Ben Gunn's treasure house, and then Grey, single-handed, returned with the gig to the Hispaniola, where he was to pass the night on guard. A gentle slope ran up from the beach to the entrance of the cave. At the top, the squire met us. To me, he was cordial and kind, saying nothing of my escapade, either in the way of blame or praise. At Silver's polite salute, he somewhat flushed. John Silver. (laughs) I forgot about Dr. Evil. He said, you're a prodigious villain and imposter, a monstrous imposter, sir. I am told I am not to prosecute you. Well, then I will not. But the dead men, sir, hang about your neck like millstones. Thank you kindly, sir, replied John, again saluting. I love that he's like, I won't prosecute you, but the death of the people that died as a result of your actions will weigh upon you. It's like, this guy is a cold-blooded murderer and pirate. Like, he's killed so many people. Do you really think that... The few people that have died in this one adventure is going to in any way haunt him. Mm. Like, yeah. think how many people before now he's he's murdered. The guy who he literally just jumped on the back of and started stabbing. Like, he doesn't care. He doesn't care at all. Not a, not a jot. No. He's like, okay, thank you kindly. <laughs> Cheers. He's like, oh, no, how will I ever live? <laughs> He's like, I'll sleep like a baby tonight. Exactly. Yeah. I dare you to thank me, cried the squire. It is a gross dereliction of my duty. Stand back. And thereupon we all entered the cave. It was a large, airy place with a little spring and a pool of clear water overhung with ferns. The floor was sand. Before a big fire lay Captain Smollett, and in a far corner only duskily flickered over by the blaze, I beheld great heaps of coin and quadrilaterals built of bars of gold. That was Flint's treasure that we had come so far to seek and that had cost already the lives of 17 men from the Hispaniola. How many it had cost in the amassing, what blood and sorrow, what good ships scuttled on the deep, what brave men walking the plank blindfold, what shot of cannon, what shame and lies and cruelty, perhaps no man alive could tell. Yet there were still three upon that island, Silver and Old Morgan and Ben Gunn, who had each taken his share in these crimes, as each had hoped in vain to share in the reward. Come in, Jim, said the captain. You're a good boy in your line, Jim. But I don't think you and me'll go to sea again. You're too much of a born favourite for me. Is that you, John Silver? What brings you here, man? Come back to my duty, sir, returned Silver. Ah, said the captain. And that was all he said. 
What a supper I had of it that night, with all my friends around me, and what a meal it was, with Ben Gunn's salted goat, and some delicacies, and a bottle of old wine from the Hispaniola. (laughs) Never, I am sure, were people gayer or happier. And there was Silver, sitting back almost out of the firelight, but eating heartily, prompt to spring forward when anything was wanted, even joining quietly in our laughter, the same bland, polite, obsequious, obsequious, that is right. I have heard that word before. I, I doubted myself halfway through the word, and then I said it wrong. Obsequious, obsequious, obsequious. This is the dawning of the age of obsequious. Obedient or attentive to an excessive or servile degree. Good. And there was Silver, sitting back almost out of the firelight, but eating heartily, prompt to spring forward when anything was wanted, even joining quietly in our laughter. The same bland, polite, obsequious seaman of the voyage out. End of chapter. Now, I was thinking about so that you know, obviously Ben Gunn was a pirate on a previous ship, but I'm gonna put it out there that he's probably much if he's a murderer. I don't know. If is he made up for it because he basically helped them save the day, essentially. Technically, I mean these guys don't really have any any evidence or any proof for no, anything against Just that you're it. on a ship. Because also Yeah, they they just found a guy on an island. There is a world that you're like a good sailor and the pirates like make you do it. I'm guessing that not everyone's like, oh, I'm going to go on Indeed.com and like apply. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes mm-hmm. they're like, I'm going to, you're going to be on my crew because you're a good sailor or whatever, or you're yeah. very physically fit. And I don't think they're going to take no for an answer. So I don't know. I don't think you could just go, oh yeah, he's a pirate, kill him. But maybe that was that was probably the the vibe in those days. I have a feeling that because of his him helping them to get rid of the buccaneers, he's probably been. They're not going to press prosecute him in any way. They do. They probably no, think... just turn back to London and they'll go. Oh yeah, this is just some guy we found marooned on the island. Yeah, hmm. they'll turn a blind. Maroon I think. I think ultimately, you know, he's he's duplicitous and he's you know shrewd and he's you know turn on a dime in terms of being so self-centered but he's he's a he's a he's a he's a jack sparrow isn't he so he ultimately he's kind of a bit likable and he's sort of too smart to be sort of cast in with the with the idiots of the pirates yeah so he kind of gets away with murder literally and figuratively what ben gunn no john oh john sorry i thought you were talking about ben Oh, I think, yeah, Ben seems to have done all the right things. Yeah. No, I think John's basically sitting there. He's doing what a child does, where it's like, if I'm quiet, they'll forget I'm here and I'll get to stay <laughs> up late. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, he's doing all that, done that thing one. of like, yeah, if I if I wind my neck in, then I might be okay. Do you know what I, mean? But, I, mean, I mean, he's already secured his pardon. He knows that they're not going to prosecute him. So... He's probably sitting there going, well, I've gotten, at least I've walked away with my life. I might not walk away with the treasure, but at least I'm not going to die as a result of it either. Yeah. Now, presumably that might, like, they're, they, they're not going to take that money and be rich. They're going to have to hand it over to the state, won't they? Well, I, think, gonna be... I thought whoever financed the initial mission gets well, that to was, keep the money. That was right? too long, so the, it? Yeah, it'd be the squire yeah. and, so they'll all get paid just their as cut, pirate. their wages. That is... That is blood money. You can't just like take like you'd have to. It would, it would be see. It would be seized, wouldn't it? 
Well, I think you should go and tell everybody at the British Museum that when you're looking at all the stuff <laughs> that they stole from <laughs> Egypt and Africa and India and all the other places. True. These are all well, private citizens. They're all private citizens who just commissioned yeah, the boat, true. went over, put a load of stuff on and went, this is mine now. They took it back yeah. to England and then they donated it out of charity or whatever to, you know, the museum or whatever. And you're just like... And so it's, I think it's because of all of that law in terms of it technically being like privately owned but offered to the public that stops the British Museum being able to just give it back. Right. Because yeah. they were saying like, why don't the British Museum just give it back? Per, they legally can't. Because, yeah, exactly. It's, it's owned in trust. It'd be owned in trust by yeah. someone. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how it's like, that's why they can't give it back unless you actually contact the person who originally stole it. And got and got it back from them. You you they can't just give it back to them. So it's, I went to if you go to the um not the Parthenon the Acropolis Museum Museo Acropoli or whatever. Mm. But it's very good actually. If you go to Athens, the museum is fantastic. Mm. But the, there's and the the actual Elgin marbles are actually in the museum. They're not uh, up on the hill where they would have been. Yeah, because they just got up. I've been. There's yeah, such a deliberate yeah. gap, and you could actually hear right at the front. The gut. Guiding, guide speaking Greek. Da, 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 British Museum. Yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I was like, it's really bad, but that's quite funny. Because because <laughs> there was, uh, there's like six of them, isn't there? And they've got five, and then there's one mm. missing. But the one that's yeah. missing, they've put it at the front. So rather than going like, oh, we'll have the four along the front and one at the back, they've gone, we'll have two at the back and and three at the front, and then have the missing missing mm. thing right at the front. So that everyone can put, you know, and it literally there's a plaque there saying this is it, the British Museum kind of thing. Yeah. But uh, the Rosetta Stone's a pretty nuts one to have as well. Because that's like a fulcrum of an entire mm-hmm. history. No, I know. Um, it's quite and there's bad. an Easter Island head. I know. <laughs> what? I know. The amount of stuff yeah. that we've just taken, honestly. It's that's just horrendous. Like, I know. It's a good museum. The thing is, as, 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 this is I, as like I'm going to have my peace with it morally. I object to it, but I'm still going to go and see it because I'm just like, <laughs> it's free in it. Oh, still well, yeah, it's, no, it's, 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 like, it's like I was. I'm, I'm just that was the thing. It's like, oh, morally, is it morally appropriate to go and see it? It's like, no, it's not your fault. Hmm. It's the whole thing. You can't. You can't just be like um, a paragon of virtue about everything. Otherwise, you would literally not do anything or spend any money yeah. or be a consumer. So you just have to just go along with it. I don't know if it's just morally. because this stuff was taken so long ago. But obviously, like, for instance, there was a lot of art that got stolen from Holocaust victims by Nazis. Mm. And if your artwork can be traced back to having been stolen, like, they can just take it off of you and give it back to the family Mm. as, like, reparations for, obviously, what happens. And because it is technically that family's property, it was stolen from them. If that's the law for stuff that was taken, you know, in the Second World War, like, we know where this stuff was taken from. We know who it belongs to. We know who took it. So why not just give it back? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you can actually trace it. And then, and then, and then Lord Snooty bought it in auction from Mr. Elgin. Well, then you just lose the money because that's what happens to the Nazi art. Anything that's been like, if you bought it, it doesn't matter if you've got a receipt, they're going, yeah, but you bought it from somebody who stole it. So I'm sorry, mate, you just, you just lose your money. Yeah. So if we can do it for so, the people who were Holocaust victims, I don't see why we can't do it for people who were colony victims. And and and, and weren't and even they were colonized. Like obviously we didn't colonize Greece. We just turned up, took their stuff, and left. Yeah. yeah. 
There's your legitimate protest, Matt. Forget about uh, music on uh, children's books. That's yeah. the one you want to really find. <laughs> <laughs> you could do two protests in an what? afternoon. I'm sure there's a Yeah, time. sure. Yeah. A bit of both. Rub it out. Yeah. Yeah. Just bring a white two, two placards. <laughs> return <laughs> return the statue to Greece. The wheels on the bus should be in an inclusive key. <laughs> <laughs> Like some Wait sort of look like radical left-wing person. Mr. Motivator yeah. <laughs> running around like a madman in Parliament Square as idly <laughs> come by and ignore him. Um, so way to look like a crazy person. So yeah, uh, treasure, yeah? Um, yeah. I mean, it looks like they've got everything sewn up now. So I'm guessing the only thing left for them to do is just like the ship turns up, they load it all on and they all go back to London and then Jim starts writing his book and we've come full circle. There you go. Well, we've got yeah. only one more opportunity for you to score some points with me. Yeah. Okay. okay. It's the last time that we can play this season. Guess what? The next chapter is called. Yeah. I'm going to go like Lord of the Rings with it and be like, you know, the journey home or like, yeah. Was, yeah. Something like that. This is, this is, I feel like this is a London bound. London. Yeah. Bound. What are you locking in? If you, if you, which one have you decided on? I'm going to go with this. Go the journey home. Okay. Balls. Uh, that's exact. Pretty much verbatim what I was going to go. <laughs> uh, but because it's the last one, let's just go for something crazy. Um, something, something involving the. So they, wait, I might, I might. They're not going to go home on the Hispaniola. They're waiting for these other dudes. Yeah. Oh no, no, they, I think anyway. they are. They are going to go. But well, yeah, because they coming can anyway. Well, they, they probably will. They might pass. They will wait for another ship. <laughs> <laughs> if, they're like, let's just get the Hispaniola, and then the people arrive, and they're all gone. Yeah, they have to just leave like messages on the whole island saying we've left. Yeah, sauce. Yeah, you like sauce? Are you kidding? Here's, five here's people dying. Here's some guineas of, for your uh, five for your people dying of scurvy. Yeah, you psychopaths. Um, okay, let's say the other ship. Uh, the other ship arrives and stuff. Mm. And stuff. Okay. And yeah. stuff. Um, well, I, I suppose if any guineas were give, given out, I'd maybe give a fraction of a guinea to, to Matt for going with something that feels a bit final. Uh, but brevity is the key, as the final chapter of Treasure Island is entitled And Last. Oh. Oh. So. Okay. It's a lot more conclusive, like rounding up, I suppose, isn't yeah. it? Not at last, but. And last. last. <laughs> yeah, that's we what the place is. <laughs> My murder days are over. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, okay. There's no sunset when they're sailing. I'm going to be livid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, birds, seabirds, a few like dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> My seagull. Little mermaid. Mine? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, if you've got any thoughts or opinions on this last chapter, you can message us on thelazybookclub at gmail.com. Uh, or if you'd like to tell us what reciprocal you could use to demonstrate the sheer volume of £700,000 worth of gold, tell us on Twitter at lazybookclubpod. <laughs> yes, and then on Instagram, you can um, draw a picture or do a watercolour interpretation. <laughs> Of the last sunset, as they say. Josh assumes our listeners don't have time. Yeah. Have too much time, sorry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, far too much time. Um, you can do that on Instagram, uh, at Lazy Book Club Pod. Mm. How about that? 
You can also follow us on Patreon, where for the small fee of $3 a month, you get an extra episode and access to the videos. Otherwise, join us next week for the very last chapter of Treasure Island, chapter 34 and last. We'll see you then. Bye. 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 Bye.